Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, where we're bringing you the latest in housing market stats and economic data that you guys need to make your business successful. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at CAR, and I'm joined by our Senior Economist, Oscar Way. Hi, everyone. So this week, we're going to talk about the last couple of weeks worth of developments that you guys need to know about. I think first and foremost, we're going to run through our market data for the month of January. We're going to talk a little bit about the Housing Affordability Index, which we just released the fourth, fourth quarter numbers uh, a few weeks ago. We're going to talk a little bit about the supply crunch and, and what that's poised to look like moving forward. And then we're going to wrap up with hopefully some, some rays of sunshine and how we can still kind of navigate this challenging environment to have a, a great year. Oh, and we're also going to touch on mortgage rates and and how that's actually a positive for, for realtors and for real estate moving forward. So uh, that being said, what happened in January, Oscar? We had a, a pretty rough month in terms of closed sales, right? Exactly. We kick we kick off the season or the month the year with a slow start. Um, not a su- complete surprise. Uh, it's kind of lingering on from last year. We have been dipping in terms of sales. Let's talk about sales, price, and inventory. How's that? Yeah. So sales-wise, uh, it's not great news. We actually dropped down to the lo- lowest level in, what, 10, 11 years. <sighs> April 20, 2008 was the last time that we hit about, uh, right now, it's at 357000 plus change. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and, and, and before that, you know, of course, we have been seeing uh, sales below 400000 but not that low. Um, and in the last five months, four of the last five months, we actually got double-digit de- decline. Right. So this is starting to look more like a trend, right? This isn't just kind of that one random poor January. It actually started to, the losses started to accelerate as we got into the, the latter half of 2018. I think we've been, like you said, in double digits for several months in a row now. So uh, pretty tough out there for the for the start of the year. Absolutely. And we talked about the reasons why, I mean, we attributed to affordability, which we will talk about later on, but also the uncertainty about the economy, about the market. Yeah. Uh, that also put a lot of pressure on uh, home prices. Definitely. Now, you would think six months ago, wow, home prices just hit the previous peak. Couldn't stop growing, really, right? right. Eight, nine, 10% growth even through the first quarter of last year. Right. But guess what the uh, price growth is now? It's it's gotten a lot weaker, right? So we're down in the low single digits. I think what was it, two point one percent last month? Right, and I'm and that's actually better than November and December because November and December we were below two percent. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think that this does point to the the kind of trend that we're seeing crop up, where yes, we still continue to face issues on the supply side of the market, but actually those issues are um, getting a little bit less intense as more listings come online. But what we've seen is that the demand side of the equation has really taken a step back, whether it's due to affordability, like you mentioned. And we know that a lot of folks have been priced out of the market, but also I think there's this consumer confidence element to the marketplace as well, where you know I kind of jokingly, 
called it the the brother-in-law effect, right? Where you, you know you give these speeches all the time, and you're like, unemployment's at a 40-year low, and and you always get those comments like, yeah, but my you know my brother told me that prices are about to go down, and you know even in the face of good economic data, I think that the consumer confidence component can't be overstated, and I think that uh, that's definitely playing in. We had supply problems that have gone on since basically 2010, where we haven't built enough, and inventory's been very tight, and that's why we've seen this really robust price growth over the past couple of years, which is great for those of us who you know, are already in the property market, but for those first time buyers, uh, it's really eroded how much they can afford. And, and I think that folks are worried about which way prices are gonna go. And that's why you see you know, buyers holding off. I think that's also why we're seeing unsold inventory go up, right? Is because sellers do think it's probably a good time to potentially cash in their chips or get ahead of the market. Right. I mean, you talk about unsold inventory and sold inventory did actually increase. Part of it is because of, you know, lower sales. Part of it is because of increase in active listings. You know, if, if you look at active listings, we have already seen active listing growing by double digit for, I don't know, what, five months or so. But yeah. in the last three months specifically, um, November went up by 30 percent, another 30 percent in December. It dipped a little bit. So you can say it's decelerating a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. So, but still 27%. So it's pretty significant. Definitely. And I think that, you know, the fact that we're looking at 27% jumps in active listings as a deceleration, in some ways that tells you, you know, everything know. you need to know about the, the current market, right? Just in the sense that, uh, you know, A, sellers aren't in the driver's seat as much as they used to be because there's a lot of other units competing out there and buyers have a lot more choices and they can be a little bit more selective or potentially um, actually negotiate a little bit more than they have been able to over the last couple of years. And and you, you're right, you know, the negotiation part is a big part of it because if you look at the sales price to list price ratio, it actually has gone down um, uh, compared to last year. I think right now it's at right, right around 97.3% of the state level. Right. So yes, absolutely, buyers, I don't, I don't want to say they're in the driver's seat, but they do have a little bit more bargaining power. No, that's a great point, too, because I did a, an interview the other day, and I said that buyers are able to do <laughs> a little bit more negotiating and that sellers you know, have to uh, be realistic and more strategic than they've had to in several years. And in the, in the newspaper the next day, it was like, you know, <laughs> Tables have turned on home sellers and, you know, buyers are in the driver's seat kind of thing. And so, you know, you again, I caution you against reading too much into the newspaper headlines. You definitely want to be aware that the market has shifted and is getting less competitive. We saw days on market also going up, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's not just discounting, but homes are actually taking a little bit longer to sell to. I think we were at, um, you know, 37 days or something like that. Um so, you know, those are all true things that are happening and that we need to be a lot more strategic this year. But I think it's a far cry from taking those headlines in the paper wholesale uh, and being really freaked out about what 2019 is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, it's only the first month, so we have a long way to go. And I, I know it's not a big factor, but of course, people are uncertain about the, you know, government shutdown. Definitely. And then there was a little bit of delay in closing. It's not. It didn't have a significant impact on it, but I think it could linger on. Who knows? In February, we will be reporting our name numbers, but we maybe February February will be a little bit better. I'm just saying a little bit better. I'm yeah. not going to say very exciting news for February. Yeah, it's not going to be a complete reversal, but uh, there are some signs of optimism. Consumer confidence definitely has bounced back since the shutdown ended. That's true, and so that suggests that maybe um, we'll get some of that back in the in the next couple of months. I still feel fairly confident about our forecast. Uh, for transactions, which are still down about 7% or so this year. Right. 
but uh, you know that's still not a great number, but it is improved from what we saw in January. So. Yeah, I mean the the lingering factors, of course, is still as you said and as I said earlier, affordability. Yeah, we released our Q4 uh, fourth quarter number just recently, a few weeks ago, and of course with interest rate rising, home prices uh, still at a very high level. The affordability number actually uh, declined from um, from the year before, from 29 to 28. Now, not a significant drop, but a little bit of a drop. Yeah, and it's moving in that same direction that we've seen for the last couple of years, where unfortunately um, prices continue to outpace incomes. And, and again, taken together with those slightly higher rates from where they were a year ago, um, that really takes the wind out of some of the, the sales on, on affordability. You know, this is another classic case of ignoring the the newspaper headlines in some ways because you know if you look at the the fourth quarter number compared to the third quarter number, uh-huh. it was actually uh, a little bit of an improvement, True. right? And so, again, papers seized on that to say, oh, maybe affordability is bouncing back and and things are kind of self-correcting or something like that. And I think the the thing I would point out there is that that's totally typical and that's a seasonal decline prices go down right, in right. the winter time typically because it's not the the active buying season and so the real the real comparison is that year over year number which as you said uh deteriorated right we're at 28 percent, which means that 72 percent of households cannot actually afford the typical home in california and that's that's certainly going to be a headwind for our business this year absolutely now i know you know a lot of people may not necessarily understand just the housing affordability numbers so i'm going to throw out some other numbers Please. as well um I, uh, people probably are a little bit more uh have a little bit more clue if we put in the mortgage number my monthly mortgage number there we go now when we look at the mortgage number you know the state the state median price home if you need to buy a home in the fourth quarter, you need a monthly mortgage of about, you need to pay a monthly mortgage of close to $3,000, a little bit over $3,000. Yeah, almost $3,100. And and when you compare that to the um, monthly mortgage of last year, fourth quarter of last year, it actually increased by almost 10%. Wow. And, and if you translate that into qualifying income, how many people do you think in a fourth quarter can afford to uh, buy a home with a minimum qualifying income of 122,000. That's real money. Yeah. And so I think that that, you know, is is kind of why we're seeing the 28%, right? Is that just a lot of people don't clear that hurdle in terms of right. just making enough to to be able to make that payment. That's without even looking at things like down payments and credit scores and all that stuff. I That's know. just ability to carry the mortgage, right? Yeah, I mean, down payment, look at, you know, for a home with $600,000, you need $60,000 if, if you put down 10%. If you need 20%, it's even more. Right. So that's that's a huge hurdle to, 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 to overcome. Yeah, and we know that not a lot of California households have like a full, um, you know, $122,000 annual salary just sitting in their bank account, let alone even actually earning $122,000 a year. And of course, this is just uh, the state as a whole view. Don't even let me talk about the Bay Area. If you go to the Bay Area, that's even worse. Bay Areas are in the teens as far as housing affordability is Yeah, concerned. like 85% of households up there can't <laughs> become homeowners basically at these prices. Right. And, and you know, if you look at you know, housing affordability is already, you know, worse at, at its you know level in the last couple of years or so. Right. But if you take a look at you know how much we're building, you know we complain about you know not building enough because we always say uh, each year we need 180,000 uh, units being built, but we're not building enough. Take a look at the the permits number. Uh, we haven't been building as many as what we thought would be 
at least in the th- third quarter. Right. Yeah. I think um, what happened in the third quarter was, I mean, when I did a forecast, um, I think in, in September or so, and I thought it will be close to about 130,000 or so units being built. Last week or a couple weeks ago, when we take a look at the final numbers, it actually came down at around 114. Yeah. So uh, nowhere close to 180,000, which is just what we need to kind of tread water on housing affordability, let alone going above 180 and starting to kind of chip away at some of that deficit that we've had accumulated for for all those decades. So we're not even meeting our annual needs, let alone putting anything in the bank towards the debt. And part of the reason for that sudden drop is because developers and builders may be panicking a little bit. Right. So it's not just numbers. consumer confidence. We're also seeing builder confidence Absolutely. Uh, start to wane as affordability goes. And that's why we kind of move from affordability down into supply because they're really two sides of, of the same coin. And, you know, this data has been fairly delayed because of, you know, government shutdown. A lot of these numbers are put out by the federal government, but, you know, we're finally starting to catch up. And what we saw last week was just that housing starts were, um, again, down by double digits. So right. not only are we um, not building enough, we're actually seeing the pace of construction start to to fall off a bit, which we really can't afford from an affordability standpoint. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, in November, interest rate actually went up to uh, 5%. Right. So, uh, you know, from a stand- standpoint of the builders, they notice that, well, okay, well, uh, buyers may not be able to afford to buy a home, you know, if it continue to go up. So they cut back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And they've been down for, I think, three out of the last four months. Yes. We have seen the, the builder confidence numbers in recent weeks have popped back up a little oh, bit. Good. And I think that's directly tied to the issue you mentioned where rates have actually come back down from 5%. They're down in, I think they were 4.47% or something, something like, like that, that yes. last week. Uh, this is obviously the the week of the 27th that we're recording this, but you know buyers have gotten a reprieve, and I think that that's made not only consumers more confident, but maybe builders aren't as pessimistic as they were uh, a month ago when we were in the midst of a government shutdown and we'd only seen those big negatives. Absolutely, and and you know I'm glad that you touch upon the mortgage rates, the recent decline in mortgage rates, because after the because of the decline in mortgage rates, we're seeing a little bit a glimpse of hope from the uh, applications yeah at least for the next couple of months right we we were kind of scratching our head there for a while but i think that these numbers are uh, clouded by the the shutdown and the consumer confidence issues we already mentioned but rates did start to come down back in january and you know as i mentioned they're down in the four and a half percent range now up until two three weeks ago we hadn't seen much movement on the mortgage application side we thought that that would get folks kind of off the fence and go, wow, they already went up to five. They're back down at four and a half. Now's my chance to get into the market. And we weren't really seeing that initially, but, you know, encouragingly, we have seen over the last two weeks, two weeks in a row of increases in mortgage applications. They were up last week by more than 5%. Right, right. Um, some of that was refinancing. Like folks are realizing that they need to get it while the getting's good. If they haven't refinanced by now, it's like, you know, starting to get to the last chance. But we also saw um, new purchase applications go up. And that's what's really critical for us, right, is that um, buyers do seem to want to uh, take advantage of these low rates and jump into the market. And so that should at least help sales over the next couple of weeks. The refinance part of it, I think you're right. You know, we are seeing a little bit of a growth in refinance. But I want to say the refinance portion of it actually is not as large as before. Right. Understandably so, because, you know, you and I probably refinance, you know, when it was below 4%. Or close to four percent, right? Yeah. 
a lot of ref- a lot of people I may mean, not refinance right now. So I'm hoping I'm 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 hoping that all those uh, purchase applications uh, applications are mainly purchase, at least help you know the uh, real estate industry. Yeah, exactly, and ultimately get to home ownership to to start to come back around. I mean that's that's the reason why we care about housing affordability, about inventory and things like that. Yes, home ownership is good for us as as realtors and as a real estate industry, um, but it's absolutely critically important for our economy as well. I know I talk about this all mm-hmm. the time. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's it's more than just what it does to the real estate industry. It's actually very critical um, for our market. But the good news is that we have some encouraging signs on that front, at least for, again, the next couple of months as those new applications translate into closed sales. Right. And hopefully, you know, rates will continue to stay at a low level. But I know you did some study on affordability also. You know, even at the current rate, you know, if you look at the 20% down payment, yes, of course, it looks like, you know, not a lot of people are going to be able to afford. But you did a study. Um, there's a little bit more than, uh, than, than what we believe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, the, at the end of the day, affordability is pretty abysmal. For, you know, it's not at an all-time low. It's not where it was in 2005-06 time frame, but it's the lowest it's been since the recovery started, uh-huh. um, you know. And so, we're, again, we're at the point where only 28% of households can afford that median priced home. And we definitely have a lot of work to do to raise that number up, right? We need to employ a lot of long-term strategies, whether it's boosting educational attainment, whether uh-huh. it's um, attracting and retaining other, you know, high-wage industries here in California, uh, you know, but I think the, the bigger thing is on the building front to get housing affordability under control. Those are all long-term strategies, right? It takes a long time to get housing built and constructed and chip away at that deficit. It takes a long time to get people into higher earning wage categories, Uh but, uh, you know, and we're definitely going to do that. CAR pursues legislation at the state and federal level all the time, and even the local level to address those longer term goals. But while we work on that, I want to caution folks not to to panic because even over the short run, 28% of renters out there, um, can still actually afford to get home ownership. And if you actually look at the this county by county data from the US Census Bureau, and we hold that up against the median income that you need to purchase a home in, in various counties across California, I actually went through and, and found that, you know, yes, 28% is a low number, but that still translates into about 826,000 renter households out there today who already earn enough to become homeowners, right? So there's, you know, yes, there's 5.9 million households in California that do rent and only 826,000 of them can afford to actually purchase their own home or at least can afford to make that monthly payment based Uh on the income that they have. Um, But that's a a huge number, right? We're sitting here hovering at around 400-ish thousand sales. In January, it dipped to 350,000 sales. So, Right, exactly. So 826,000 potential buyers is not an insignificant number. Yes, we want to increase that to get a bigger slice of that 5.9 million renters who are out there. But over the short run, we should be peeling off as many of these 826,000 renters uh, as we can. I think that there's a lot of ways too for realtors to get in there and and move the needle. The, the other thing I'll point out is that critically, I think a lot of these households are uh, you know, minority households, right? So of that 826,000 who earn enough to purchase in the county where they live, mm-hmm. 
221,000 of those are Hispanic and another 147,000 are either black or Asian households in California. Uh, and and this would go a long way towards closing those home ownership gaps where, um, you know, some of the minority groups in California, have con you know, persistently had lower levels of home ownership. And, you know, yes, we want to, again, focus on those long term structural issues. But over the short run, you know, it wouldn't be any small feat to peel off a, you know, 221,000 Hispanic households and get them into home ownership. Right. And so I think that. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm optimistic, even though the environment, as we mentioned, is challenging and the market has shifted and rates have started to go up and affordability is in the tank. But even in the face of all that stuff, there's still 826,000 potential buyers out there. And that doesn't count any of the repeat sales. Right. Sure. So um, I think, you know, we looked at this in our consumer survey, right, that there's a lot that realtors can do to kind of get in there and move the needle on that. That's very encouraging. And of course, I think a lot of time. We just need to educate as, as, as realtor. We just need to educate the, um, the ethnic group, the consumers, yeah. the renters. Uh, I think many of them may not necessarily understand you know, the process, how much they need to put down as down payment. Many mistakenly believe that the down payment is 20% or more. Some even more. Some even believe it could be 50%. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. When you guys rolled out the consumer survey late last year, I was shocked at not, not just how many thought you needed at least 20%, right. right? But there was a bunch who thought you needed 30% or more. Right, which right, is I know. crazy, and we were up at six hundred thousand dollars or our median price last year, and you know I think that there's a, a huge chunk of this eight hundred twenty-six thousand potential buyers out there who are looking at these six hundred thousand dollar plus prices, depending on where they live, and going, well, shoot, I don't have two hundred twenty thousand dollars sitting in my savings account, so it's not an option, right? When we ask people um, if they would get into, you know. The housing market, if they could get in with uh, a lower down payment, I think right. almost 70% said they would. If they could get in with less than that 30% or however high they thought that down payment was, then they would actually move, right? And then we immediately asked right after that, well, how many of you know about like 3.5% FHA or other low down payment loan options? And those those fractions completely shifted and 70% had never heard of low down payment loan options, right? And so... Again, there's a huge chunk of buyers who already earn enough to get into the housing market, but they just don't know that that's an option. And that's why I think even in a, a market with rising rates, with affordability in the tank, where we're not building enough that we can still be optimistic about having a great year and being successful, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about here today is stuff that's out of your control. We don't control when True. the Fed raises rates, right? We don't control how optimistic builders feel. We don't control how fast the economy grows. Uh, and so in some ways, you know, you need to be aware of this stuff to be able to operate strategically in your business. But in a lot of ways, you know, the things that you really can control are, are how you interact with buyers, how you connect the dots for them, that home ownership might be um, closer to reality than they really know. And, and why I think that, uh, again, you don't want to throw it in cruise control or, or just sit back and, and relax and expect to have the best year ever. But I think that, you know, if you hustle, if you're aware of these facts, if you work strategically with your sellers to get them to right price and, and be cognizant of the fact that the market has shifted and they don't have as much power as they used to, and you focus on peeling off some of these renters that you can still uh, have a, a, a really successful year and maybe even your best year ever in 2019. So uh, that's good. That's good to know. I mean, at least you know, from the financial aspect, you know, we know that they're capable of doing so. And from the emotional aspect, I know from the same survey, we also said 80% uh, of them, 80% of the renters, they do want to own someday. 
Right. So, and, and, and about 50% of them actually want to buy in the next five years. So why not start in 2019? That's right. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid when you read the papers and hear that millennials never want to own homes or anything. That's happening a lot later in life for those folks. But as you said, we see it very consistently, even in the very you know most recent surveys that we did late last year, that millennials do value home ownership. They want to become homeowners. They have obstacles that are challenging them to do that. True. But they do want it. And I think, again, as realtors, if we connect the dots, then uh, we can still knock it out of the park this year with all the challenges, you know, notwithstanding. So uh, that's where we're at. We uh, we come to you guys every couple of weeks with the latest and greatest on what's happening in the housing market and anything you need to know. Uh, as we find out, you all know it. So uh, this time it was all about what happened in January the issues around affordability, but then also the optimism associated with uh, peeling off some of those eligible renters and the fact that rates are down and probably aren't mm -hmm. going to go up as fast as we thought. And so uh, still, again, lots of room for optimism. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks on the next Housing Matters podcast. All right. See ya.